episode 28 of the McSoft's comic book podcast. We recorded on September 30th, and tonight's episode is affectionately the Walking Dead Extravaganza. Hey, round of applause for the Walking Dead. All things Walking Dead. If you're not caught up on the comic book or the TV show, nope. See you, Dom. See you, Dom. <laughs> Stop listening because we're spoiling the fuck out of this entire brand. All of it. So if you don't know how the last season of the show ended, if you don't know how issue 100 of the series ended, just ah, turn shit. off your... I don't think I know how 100 ended. Turn off oh, your well. listening devices. No, there was nothing happened in 100. And oh. come back for next episode. Oh, <laughs> Tom. Nothing happened in 100? I buy the trades, so... Then what, you got 100. What, what trade? We'll get there. Yeah, do that. We'll get there. Because I don't remember specifically. My name is Paul McGinty. With me are Ian Sharpley. Hello. Matt Cassell. That's me. And Dominic Yossi. Hello again. And to kick things off, as usual, housekeeping with everyone's favorite half Negro, Ian Sharpley. Jeez, oh man. We always gotta get racial with that stuff. <laughs> Can I just be me? Can I just be a character on this show? If you're listening to this, then you already know. What's that? A character? We're characters, aren't we? We're we characters. Are, we are characters life, on the but, show. Uh, and characters that you can find at mcsauce.com. Every week we put up, or yeah, every week, put up strips, Tuesdays, Fridays. This lovely podcast on Wednesdays, you can find it on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, mcsauce.podomatic.com. If you get it on iTunes, please go ahead and leave us a review, or read the reviews and laugh at them, anything that will entertain you. You can go to the Facebook page, you can like us. We got a lot of, uh, or at least a few more, likes on our Facebook page after the recent Comic-Con uh, at beautiful Monroeville Convention Center. How many likes did we get? I think today's Monday. I think yesterday we got five more likes or something like that. Mm-hmm. So that's good. That's more than zero likes. So that how many did we get in Baltimore? Likes. It is more. Um, we, we, lost, we lost people in Baltimore. Yeah, people were like, this shit sucks. <laughs> no, in fairness, in Baltimore I think we got one like. No, there was a car. Uh, there were. I went through. I think we got three. Oh. I'm going to open three? Yeah. my drink now. I don't mean to interrupt. Don't, don't, don't open it. Go ahead. <laughs> there, it's done. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at Gint underscore McSauce, at The Sauce, at Little Depressed Matt, at Cerebrius. And I think that's all. I mean, we don't have any events coming up or anything like that. Um, we don't, but the Oaks Theater does. And um, you can see Dracula at the Oaks Theater. It's the 21 Days of Fright, 21 Nights of 21 Fright. 21 Nights. 21 Nights of Fright. And Dracula is on this Wednesday. So when you download this podcast and you hear it, you will immediately go out and catch Dracula Wednesday and Thursday. And the classic Bella Lugosi Dracula. Correct. This weekend, Army of Darkness is playing. <clears throat> I'll so, be there. And you can see Matt in person. And you can judge for yourself if he's a nice guy 
or the total douchebag douchebag that he is on the show. I think we've determined you're not the douchebag of the McSauce podcast. People oh, have said that to you in person, as well as your your handsomeness, your striking features. That I'm a douchebag. That you're not the douchebag that you come off oh. on the show as. They're like, wow, you're actually pretty nice. Do I really come off as a douchebag on the show? Absolutely. I, I don't know. I don't know. I I haven't heard that feedback. I just work on this show. I don't think any of us come off douchey, villainous, perhaps. If any, if <laughs> send your thoughts <laughs> on our douchosity to the doucheometer. The doucheometer. Use your doucheometer, and and rate us in douchiness. And send that feedback to Facebook or or mixsauce.com. Let us know any way that you can. I rate us two one four three. Okay. That's how it is. That's great, Dom. Thanks. No one knows what the fuck you're talking Neither about. That's just I ranked us two one four three. Yes, I, I agree. Most people rank it that way. Two one. Well, if we do it like, if we do it like which, like sequels. Like which was the original of who, the four of us? Who was the original? Don would be Don would be fourth of the podcast. True. So Don rated himself third, and Matt last. Does that make me the most douchey or the least douchey? I don't. Oh, Don. Two, one, four, three. That's well, that would make Ian the douchiest, I think. Am I? I think. Okay, I'll take that if I'm the douchiest. <laughs> Fans, let us know. See right there because I deflected it. It makes me the least douchey. It's true. The fact that you the fact that I brought it out made me a total douchebag. <laughs> but fans, let us know who's the douchiest on the McSauce podcast. It's very important. It is very important. I need to know this. I like my research, so that's right. You do. Maybe next time we will have the results of the. Douchometer ratings. That's right. Fan pool Ian's going to get out the old Excel spreadsheets again. <laughs> Look at this douchebag mock me to my face. But anyway, do we want to talk a little bit about the final day of Pittsburgh Comic Con and then we'll jump into The Walking Dead and I kick somebody's feet? When McFootsies. Jesus, in full man. effect in You're the McSauce And it's always you, too. People I get, just I, always play footsies with you. I need to stretch out. I need to stretch them out. When last we met, we recorded after day two of Pittsburgh Comic Con. We still had a full day of Comic Con excitement in front of us. So why don't we touch on some highlights from the last day, uh, Sunday, yesterday, of the uh, Pittsburgh Comic Con. It's hard to believe that was just yesterday. It feels like a fucking decade ago. It was so long. What did you guys do afterward, when, when, once you got home? After I watched going TV. hard for the weekend of just all-day Comic-Con. Laid on the couch and I watched TV. I looked at the ruins of my nine fantasy football teams <laughs> <laughs> and took a nap. Do you really have nine? I really have nine, and I think I will have zero wins this weekend. Because I do this McSaw stuff all the time. It's taking me away from my GM responsibilities. Oh my god. Decepticons and the Sharp Shank Redemption. That's Jesus. I feel sorry for you and not because you're 0 and 9. Because he's sad for you. Because you're a sad person. Uh, is it sad? Is it I sad? don't think so. That's just what Matt said. It's my, uh, it's my passion, my man. I like it. Why don't you write articles? 
I used to write articles. No, on the fantasy stuff. Uh, because McSauce took up all the time. He I'm just here doing this. So I we do live, breathe, eat, and sleep McSauce. We really do. From writing reviews, doing the strip, doing the podcast, editing the podcast, Dom showing up. Yeah. Doing the cons. That's what I did. I make appearances. Dom. I make appearances. That's what I did last night. I didn't bask in the ruins of my fantasy teams and take a nap. I did work. I did grocery shopping, and I did laundry, and I read and reviewed five books. One of them was a giant pile of dog shit, like I expected. Yes, I Good read for that you, Paul. Good for you, Paul. I looked Good up some you. porno, and I jerked off, and I went to bed. Oh, that's, Exhausted. That's great. Man. Exhausted. I gave love to my three-day neglected puppies. Exhausted. I love that. Thank you. Spending three days at Comic-Con. I made love to your puppies? I only heard the end of that. Of course you did, (laughs) because you're a douchebag and you don't pay attention when I speak. That's true. (laughs) I I gave love to my neglected puppies after three days of Comic-Con. So neglected that your puppies had to go to the vet, didn't they? Because you broke them. Dobby's nail was overgrown, and it was hurting his toe. And Poor he was limping, so... I Fuck, get, more I Harry Potter shit. We can't get away from that crap. <laughs> That's because no, it's awesome. Because it wouldn't be Aura, the Star Wars dog. And it's not Chester. So well, how many, Lester. how many Harry Potter costumes did we see this weekend? Uh, I don't zero. recall seeing any. I saw three. And it was like... Really? It was just... They were just wearing a robe, and I saw a Hogwarts uh, robe. Yeah. Maybe they, they, were, they were wearing the cloak of invisibility. And that's why you didn't see them. Violet. I don't know what that means. It's you will by the time our current uh, McSauce comic story is finished. Mm. Mm. Or maybe you'll know after next week, the Harry Potter episode. Mm. Yes, I won't be. Don't, isn't like every, he's going to be out for that one. every episode the Harry Potter episode? Last episode, episode well, just was... like how the first four episodes were the Todd uh, McFarlane. McFarlane. That's appropriate. So we're going to have the next seven are going to be the Harry Potters. Appropriate, at least mention. Maybe we can dedicate. Yes, well, Darcy likes Harry Potter, each, right? <laughs> each next episode, we'll get her to sit here. One book, yeah, there you go. One book and one film sounds like extreme torture. All right, anyway, let's get this thing back on track. Last uh, day, Comic-Con. Pittsburgh Comic Con. Dom, highlights from last day. Uh, costume contest. Saw a couple different costumes that we didn't see over the weekend, saw a lot of costumes. That we already saw the prior two days. Saw a lot of cleavage. Amen. Yes. Dom is a filthy, filthy gentleman. All those photos were clean. Well, Except for a couple of them. <laughs> if we're talking about most. If we're talking about photos, McSauce official photographer Steve Sharpley <laughs> sent me in excess of Ian's whoa. dad. I don't know how many pictures he sent me, which I will post some of these on the website. Um, I got them early this morning before I had a chance to post them up. I think we um, need to pause it for a second and point out, Steve Sharpley is the sweetest man this side of Lee Weeks that I've ever met. He's so kind and soft-spoken. Until he's sprinting down a Comic-Con aisle to take a picture of some butt. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. (laughs) But he's still very sweet when he does it. He's sweet when he's doing it, yes. Yes. Like, he would ask a girl if he could get a picture, and and he does it in such a a sweet, generous way that 
they have no choice but to say yes. But what what is the evil flip side of that is whenever he is like, oh, I'm just a nice old man, aren't I? I'm like, yes, Dad, you are. <laughs> Your pop's genuine excitement while he's there, it's like... It's like he's been Quiet unleashed. He's like a thoroughbred running wild in the fields, enjoying a vacation of just absorbing all of the nerdiness and costumes and hot chicks that go down at Comic-Con. He, he does like that, but he likes everything. He'll stop and talk to the artists. He bought a Superman ring. Uh, he, he, he went around and... He looks at jewelry stands. He'll he'll talk to he'll talk to everybody there. And he is. It's like it's like he's uh, he he missed out on something, and now he's trying to recapture some of that. So he had he, a pretty badass Punisher shirt on yesterday. He, he had his Punisher shirt. He's a he's a big comic fan. So um, it was cool that he he spent two days there, took a whole crap load of pictures. So I'll have to post uh, McSauce photographer Steve Sharpley's work. On the site at some point. Freelance photographer. Steve Sharpley. <laughs> Along the same lines of Peter <laughs> Parker. Yes. Okay. Also, a big Spider-Man fan like your dad. Yeah, he is a big Spider-Man fan. Dad yep. I mean, even in his text, he was just like, just a part of my role was Peter Parker. So, <laughs> so Dom, what, what costumes did you particularly like on Sunday? Uh, I know we had Bane on Saturday. Bane it was on really Saturday. Cool. Uh, simple. There was Bill and Ted. I didn't see that. Bill and Ted. Oh, you didn't see Bill and Ted? I was. They were dressed as Bill and Ted, and they had a big cardboard telephone booth with a broken off umbrella at the top. And they would they would carry it around. They put it down, and then they just gave the Bill and Ted pose of them like hand on their chest with the one arm out to the side. Nice. They had that. Um, the Lego guys are really cool. Didn't see that. You didn't see the... Were you I, didn't, I didn't see the Lego guys either. Really? I must yeah. have my eyes they, closed. Cardboard guys. Um, there was... Daredevil, Venom, Venom, Venom and, and Iron, Iron Fist. Fist. Really interesting costumes. We definitely got to put that one on the page because that's a very visual costume, how they made them. Oh, yeah. Those are nice looking. I heard a lot about them, but didn't actually Who see Who else them. was there on Sunday? Well, there was an extremely busty Catwoman. Yes, and... And Mr. Sharpley, the the original Mr. Sharpley, <laughs> yes. was gracious enough to get us all a picture. What's funny about this Catwoman was that as she was walking towards me and Matt, we were sitting there and we were both contemplating getting, you know, having her stop and take a photo. And as she walked up, we were like, oh, oh man, she looks really young. I don't know if I should do that. Ten minutes later, Peter Parker rolls up to do it. <laughs> was like, look what I got. <laughs> there was... She uh, had... I'm sorry oh, to interrupt. Okay. Like, that. never um, let me down. She had a, a face of a 16-year-old, but the breasts of a 21-year-old. It was... It just didn't kind of go together. I actually thought it was some kind of weird chest plate thing at first. Yeah. She and, she was really young and her voice was re- so she was a really young girl with really big boobs. Mm. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. I hate bringing this back to the clean environment, but there was a uh, dark helmet from Spaceballs was there. And uh, dark helmet's mom. Cat and dark helmet's mom was there. And a very, very revealing Catwoman outfit. Uh, there was a Fat Booster Gold. 
Uh, the Chucky, the Chucky character. Chucky won. Chucky won something from the. He won one of the costume, costume contests. Let's was... let's be honest. Why did he win? Because he was a little person. He fit the role. Zing. He fit the role. He was a little that, person. That's the politically correct way of saying it. White, Paul just went there. Red and white striped shirt, blue overalls. He put the cut down his face. Looked exactly like the Chucky doll. Was it a real almost, cut? Almost too scale. <laughs> Did he really sew his face back on? I, well, we would have seen that happen across from us at the uh, Jessica Brown booth. <laughs> Ian, last day Comic Con, any favorites? Uh, any like, highlights? Highlights? Highlights uh, of the day? Ian, Matt went to go and talk. Well, I guess that's your story. I'll let you tell that one. Well, let's tell it together. Okay, let's do this together. We went to go get... I don't know what we're talking about yet. No, in one second. <laughs> okay. We went to go talk to Jim Storenko. <clears throat> yeah, we did. And yeah, we did. We went and took... Matt had his uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark board game in his car, conveniently. That is true. I happen to have it in the trunk of my car. Is that yours, like, from childhood? No, I bought it at, um, at Duncan Comics... In preparation for this weekend? No, I bought it about three months ago just because I thought it was really cool because it was originally, it was like the original Kenner board game from 1981. It had artwork on it that I didn't even know was Jim Steranko artwork. All I knew was that I liked it and that it was like the original concept art for Indiana Jones. And it wasn't until Friday when I went by Steranko's booth that I saw a print of it, I was like, oh my god, that's the guy that did it. So, I don't think it hit me until Sunday, though, that I had that in my car. I could get that signed. I didn't want to spend $20, though. Is that what you spent? No, I thought I was going to. See, okay, so let's back up for a second. Ian and I were, were standing there listening to the man talk. Um, first of all, Jim Steranko is cool. He is the personification of cool. He knows how to tell a joke and take a punch and kiss a girl. Is that what you're saying? Yes, all that. And not only that, the man knows how to dress. Does he not? Did his, you see that jacket that he had on yesterday? Was the leather straight jacket. out of 1965. The leather jacket and turtleneck in 75 degree weather was pretty sweet. You have to be he a had, certain kind of cool to pull that off. He had the tinted glasses. He had the beautiful white hair. Uh, he he had... I'm pretty sure they were snakeskin boots. <laughs> I mean, this guy... And, and every day, it was a different <clears throat> outfit, completely different, but it was equal parts cool. So... Strong handshake, I heard. Yes. The man well, the, knows how to shake a goddamn a man's handshake. They don't make handshakes like this anymore. <laughs> Jim Steranko comes up to my shoulder, first of all. He is a very small man. For those who don't know, Matt is five feet tall. <laughs> That's right. Actually, I was Chucky. You didn't know because I had my makeup on, but that was me. <laughs> no wonder you were gone for so long. Yeah, right? So, anyway... Uh, Ian and I are sitting, standing there listening to Steranko talk. Um, this may have happened when you weren't there when he was talking about hair. Were you there when he was talking about how hair. he drew hair? 
He uh, went on this. Cool. Th- a guy came up and said, "I really love the way you draw hair." So Steranko just starts pulling out all these illustrations that he'd done, and he's looking at like the hair on this woman, the hair on that woman, the hair on this guy, and he and he. I love hair. And he comes to a, a picture of the Joker, who had, I thought, moderately crazy hair in the in the picture, but Jim Steranko's gushing about it. He's like, look at that hair. Now, the Joker, he's a crazy guy, so I'm going to give him crazy hair. And he's just kind of so excited about this hair that he gave the Joker. And I was like, I mean, it's cool, but, I mean, you sold me on the excitement. So uh, I think it was a little bit later that I walked by with you. Um, What did he talk about when you and I were there? He talked about, I asked him if he had any other conventions that were coming up. <clears throat> he, he does have a full plate for somebody that I would imagine is in his 70s, I would think. Nearing death. I would not say something like that. That would be douchey. But <laughs> he has a full plate for an elderly gentleman, and it seemed like, uh, but he still has a lot of enthusiasm. Does he, he ever? I mean, he was the guy seemed everybody that so came up spry. with the same kind of passion and friendliness. He was really friendly. That was what I took away. Seventy-four, born in Reading, Pennsylvania. Reading Royals, once the minor league club of the LA Kings. Continue. <laughs> so, uh, does it tie into Green Lantern at all? Perhaps. No. Okay, that's a shame. So anyway, uh, we we had a really great conversation with him. It was it was very cool to get a, the chance to have this conversation with a living legend. So. He was even interested about the box, and he was like, "Are all the pieces in there?" They didn't even. He made a joke. He's like, "They didn't even give me one of these. I had to buy this." That's and, right. Yeah. So what happened was, I'm listening to him go on and on about the hair, and I'm like, <clears> "This guy's just too damn cool." I'm going to get my box in my car, and I'm going to have him sign my game. Even if it costs twenty dollars, so me and Sharpley went together. We walked up to him like a couple of men. Yes, and, it was manly. And then we're firmly put in your place that you are not men. That not is a real true. man. That is true. I'll give you that. Uh, and I can explain great teeth why. Teeth on him too. God damn. <laughs> what isn't great on? They're him? not real teeth. Well, I don't think a whole lot of They're that nitpicking. was real. There was one instance. The fucking swagger was real. <laughs> the only thing real on that guy was his skeleton. Uh, I would never say something like there, that. There was one instance where a fan said, Jim, can I get a picture with you? And he goes, nope, no pictures, no pictures. But he leans in and he goes, but we're always going to have this moment together. God damn, he's right. He's right. But also, no, this was an older fan. <clears throat> After we were done, there was a little girl who brought her guitar. They have a marble guitar stand over there in her mom. She had won one in the in the uh, what was it? The giveaway, the the raffle. I think so. It was a raffle. And um, she brought that over, and he was more than happy to take a picture, hold the guitar of the hand. The little girl came saw, behind the booth with him, stood on a chair so they could be in the same frame. More than happy to take a picture with. So he has. Um, he, he, he's a compassionate man. He has he knows, a soft spot. He knows for the kids. when to hold them, and he's well aware when to fold them. I thought you, I thought you were going to say something filthy about he, he knows, knows when, when to hold away. children. So, <clears throat> so anyway, hold children. Uh, yeah. Children. Sorry, that's just. Where so anyway, we uh, we went up to him and um, 
he, he was really excited to see the, uh, the the box, the game. Asked where I got it, how much I paid for it, and uh, he felt like I got a hell of a deal, and and he was more than excited to. Uh, well, I would just say he was excited to sign it, and uh, so. That uh, that that is the Jim Steranko story. Oh, at the very end, we got to shake hands with him, and it was one of those deals where he had a crushing handshake, you know, similar like what the arm in RoboCop did to to Bob Morton when it first shook his hand. And I'm still feeling the effects. Yes, and and, and I embarrassingly eased up on my grip too early, so he was still squeezing my hand, but I was clearly done with the handshake. So he was just squeezing, you know, like a wet noodle at that point. And uh, boy, did I feel like a like a sissy Mary. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, do you have any uh, highlights of day three? Um, <clears throat> day three's highlight was probably participating in the charity quick sketch where they took a bunch of artists into one of their conference rooms and sat them up in the front of the room at a panel. Everyone could draw whatever they wanted for an hour. Draw one image, draw a ton of sketches. People in the audience were yelling out different things. I was pretty hesitant on going in because I had never done it before. didn't know what it was all about. Wait, 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 wait. Saturday night, you were, like, balls out, ready to go do it. Yeah, and then... You weren't hesitant at all. Well, yeah, then the time came for it, and I was like, eh. Why did you get cold feet? I'd never done that before, and there were, there were real artists in there drawing stuff, and then me. So, yeah. And who told you, fuck it, you should just go do it? So I went, and I did it, and it was... Wait, you didn't answer the question. Who told you to go do it? it you me. did, Ian. You did. That's right. So you're clearly the nicest member of the McSauce team. That's right. So um, I went in, I did it, I sketched out five different sketches in the hour. I was burned out when I was done. By the time I finished my last one, which was Cassidy from Preacher, I was, I was ready to be done drawing. Um, the entire thing that lasted an hour, uh, it made $1,100 for bone marrow research. So it felt kind of cool being part of such a big number. That's very cool. That was it. That was um. That was the exciting, exciting part for me. You did get to meet a, a really cool artist uh, first thing when we when we got there. Yes, um, Lee Weeks. I didn't know his work, but he is a uh, very nice gentleman. Excellent artwork. That um, I, yeah, really unfamiliar with the stuff, but he does some does some really good stuff. Matt got a really nice Daredevil headshot commission from him. Who did you uh, uh, sit next to at the uh, Cherry Quick Sketch? No idea. Okay, so I saw you guys were you guys chatting up a couple times. Yeah, we all. Yeah, I, 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 I wasn't sure. I if never was, met the guy. Uh, okay. We all said our name and uh, where we're from at the beginning, but when the front of the line was saying all their stuff, I was already in the middle of sketching stuff out, so I was only tangentially paying attention. But I believe we gathered around the McSauce Studios microphone tonight. To talk about a cultural phenomenon called the Walking Dead. Would That's any what of it's you called. would any of you like to start talking about the Walking Dead? Never heard of it. Dom, there's your there's your textbook. Matt's being an idiot 
com- com- comedy that you like so much? Two, one, four, three. <laughs> Dom laughed. He laughed. Dom loves it. <clears throat> I he encourages it. You can I don't encourage him. it. I said I enjoy it. Well, you laughed. That was encouragement. Uh, so out of out of the four of us here, who would we say is the biggest fan of The Walking Dead? In all of its incarnations, just the entire thing. Show, comic, all of it. I like the comic and the show. It seems like you two don't necessarily like the show very you much. You two, me and Matt, since Ian thinks we're on TV and people can see him. Oh, well, I guess so. Um, yeah, Matt and Paul... <laughs> I'm a fan Dominic of both comic and the TV and show. And myself are yeah, fans of yeah. both. I am. And, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have the, uh, the the vile hatred that you guys Whoa. have for season two. Whoa, um, I, don't, I wouldn't say it's vile hatred. It's not Doctor Who hatred or Homestuck hatred. That's a, that was a whole new level of hate that I didn't know I had in me. Right? It kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. I can appreciate the show for what it is. Um... I don't mind that it strays away from the comic. I like that it's different. Strays. Does stray. It does stray. It does stray. What is the definition of stray? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess go away from. If or, or is that what we're? I mean, it does. And the show stray I mean, is the show stray is quite. How, a bit. how much more drastic would you like that word to to be? Is completely different. Morphs into something completely new. It's completely unrecognizable. I, I disagree with that. I, I don't think that you have to be 100% blow for blow Or even accurate. 25%. You guys are really excited about the new season and how it looks, and it's going to be completely different. I'm not. So you said that you were, and we have, we have a recording of you saying. Oh, I never said that. You implied that you were optimistic about the show. I don't remember, but we'll check the tape. Are you? I'll bet you $100 you can... that I, I don't say that I'm optimistic or that I think it's going to be good. $100. I, I, won't, I won't make that bet. I won't make that bet. You're right. You didn't say <laughs> any of those things. Good. I'm glad you took, you didn't take me up on that because I don't have a hundred dollars to I, bet. I thought that you said that you you yeah. thought that the new season Let's was put it this way. good. If I said that, I don't. With me on that? I don't remember saying it, and I certainly don't feel that way now. Let's let's take it back to the beginning before there was a TV show to argue about what what made each of you pick up The Walking Dead number one or volume one in my case. Um, when I, I, getting back into the comics, uh, that was one thing that Ian referred to me, referred me to. He said, you'll dig Walking Dead. Uh, at that time, I believe the first eight trades were already out. So I was way behind. So it was just, I, I read volume one. I, he gave, he gave me like the first eight, like eight or ten volumes or whatever you had. I think it might have been eight. Dom indicated that Ian was the one that provided them to him. Yes. Because Paul I've, likes to point out, this isn't television, folks. I said it. Wow. Ian, We're really Frank, playing Ian. it up for the fans. They're going to have a hard time voting. <laughs> <laughs> Ian Ian gave me the first eight books. I read, I read through them. 
Uh, Probably in I 10 read minutes, minutes real quick. quick reads. Uh, it was a quick read, and the fact that I was just immediately drawn into it. It was no zombie story like I've ever heard before. You don't ever hear it from their perspective, living in the world after after virus hits or whatever was, whatever causes it. You never hear the ongoing story. I drew into it immediately and was just glued, and that's all I did, I think, for, I think, two days, just going straight through the trades. And I've since, ba- I've since gone back and bought my entire, bought, caught up to date on the trades, bought my own collection of everything, so... They're compelling. They're compelling books. They're real easy reads, and I don't want that to sound like it's a negative. But no. I think the stories are just so so well-paced. All the dialogue is so, it's so not well-written. Very, very rarely is it dialogue-heavy. Right. I think maybe only like one book in the volume, which is six books, um, is really kind of dialogue. And when did that issue one come out? I think O two. It was a long time ago. October 2003. I, I need to disagree with you a little bit, though, Dom, when you said that we had never really seen anything quite like that before. I felt like the first issue in particular was almost a direct ripoff. Well, now, did, when did you get into it? The first issue. You got, you got into Walking Dead? In October 2003. Ground floor. Ground floor. I, I bought the first issue when it came out. Okay, see, I was already... Like I said, there were 10 trades out ahead of me. So I already kind of knew that there is a storyline. So you're yeah. jumping in on issue one, not yeah. knowing what's going on. Was that I got 10 trades ahead of me that I know that some shit's going to happen. Was that your True. image connection that pushed you into The Walking Dead? Or just perusing the rack? It, well, I it was when I worked at the hobby shop. We sold comic books. And uh, we got in, every once in a while, overships where the... Diamond, the um, comic book, or the comic book distributor, would have like an overstock of books, and they would just overship things to the different stores to try to see if they could sell it. And if they did, if they do, they um, that's great. And if they don't, they can tear the covers off, send them back, get reimbursed. So you got so, so you got delivered overstocks of. Well, not not overstocks, but they were really just trying to get stores to hopefully. Push now, was this it. was this first printing that you got received to? Yeah. Holy shit! So, uh, so we got it in, and uh, we got one copy of it, maybe two, but um, I was I was instantly intrigued because I I knew Robert Kirkman, um, I believe he was already writing Invincible. Uh, when The Walking Dead started, which I was already a fan of, and I, I had actually been a Robert Kirkman fan from back when he wrote Letters to Savage Dragon back in the '90s. So a like, fan of the man's letter writing skills. Yeah, a true fan. Yeah, I was, I was a fan. I was a fan of Battle Pope before that, <clears throat> which he created with Tony Moore. Ugh. I was a fan mainly, actually, of that because the art was kind of fun. It was absurd. It was completely ridiculous, but it was still entertaining. Uh, but yeah, the first issue I thought was like a ripoff of the beginning of Twenty Eight Days Later, which and it is. Yeah, guy wakes up naked in the hospital bed and doesn't know where he is and where everybody else is. And um, if I'm not mistaken, in the back of the first issue, Robert Kirkman even says. You know, with apologies to, you know, the guys that made that, the people that made 
Night of the Living Dead and every you know, all the things before it. But he he outlined his goal for this. He said, I want to take what those guys, the groundwork that they laid, and I want to see where the story takes them five, ten years from now and see what happens. And I remember reading that and I thought, you know, that's that's a nice aspiration, but let's face it, this is an image book. It's black and white. Typically, those don't last more than three or four issues. But I took a chance on it and bought it and the subsequent 100 issues after that. So, so you have the you follow the Walking Dead all in singles. You keep up with the story each month as it goes along. Uh, no, actually, I don't. Um, I probably quit reading around issue 70, something like that. And I just, it's not like I got tired of it. I just kind of like got sidetracked and then, you know, you fall behind and it's like, okay, now when I get caught up, it's going to be like kind of a more of a task to get caught up. So how far behind were you? I was, um, about 45 issues back. So 45 issues back. Yeah. It's like you never even read The Walking Dead. <laughs> I, Everyone was still alive. I read those first <laughs> three, and then you were like, I'm out. I was, no, I was, I was into the low 70s. That's unacceptable. And then in the last week or two, I read those 45 issues, and I'm completely caught up now. Now, what happened was, I, uh, last summer, I decided to look on eBay and see what those first issues were going for. As it turns out, a lot. And I decided that now might be the time to try to sell them and get some money. So that's what I did. I packaged up my first 24 issues of The Walking Dead. And I ended up making, I think, $2,700. What a whore. Yeah. Yeah. Whore. Yeah. So I think I think I made out pretty well. And I ended up spending most of that money on my tattoo and then when i think about it i should have maybe got like a zombie something kind a of tribute, thrown in there yeah. as a tribute yeah. yeah but i didn't and uh it just so happened that right around that time they all went on sale on comiXology one through 100 and that might have been right around when issue 100 hit so like one through one hundred was for sale for ninety nine cents each, and I was like, you know what, it's a hundred bucks. I can own the whole set series digitally. That can be the way I I consume this comic book going forward. Just get it digitally, and uh, that's what I've done. So now I am a digital Walking Dead fan. I think the Walking Dead for me, I always have gotten the trades. I think it's the perfect. The trades are the perfect vehicle for the Walking Dead to get a gigantic chunk of the story. Um, each time out, you have to wait, a, you know, a month or, you know, a couple of months to get the new trade, um, and you can catch yourself up. I find that every, it's, it seems like every, every other trade, there's some nice surprise or it's not a nice surprise, but it's something that's shocking to the point where I have to close the book and put it down and be like, yes. God damn you, Kirkman. You yeah. are very emotionally invested. I, oh, I, I am emotionally invested as well. Like Paul said, they are really fast reads. Singles don't serve it well. I mean, you no. one one single a month is not the ideal way to read that story. You really should read it in no, trade form. One, yeah, one trade paperback, which is six issues, 
feels like one one issue to me. Yeah, yeah it's it, I read it. It's I read it in one sitting, unless Kirkman does something where I just I do I I put it down to countless times I've gotten a text from Ian that just says. Fucking Kirkman, <laughs> and I just respond back. I'm like, I, I I hear you, or if I haven't read to it yet, I'm just like, damn it, I know something's gonna happen. But yeah, I'm emotionally invested in the books. Now, Paul, how did you get involved in The Walking Dead? Uh, my ex at the time must have been right around when the first trade came out. I think she picked up the first trade, and I must have just flipped through it and, and read it. But as soon as I read it, I was I was in. Also, even though it's grayscale, goes against all your comic book sensibilities. Goes against all of my beliefs. Um, great book, great book, and every you, they're up to uh, you know a hundred issues, eighteen trades. I have trades ten through eighteen because I lost trades one through nine in the divorce breakup. Not really divorced. Lost those first that first half of it, of issues, so I have, I have the back half and the consistency of quality has really continued. You think up to I mean I'm sure some if I went back and read all of them we'll start to finish. A couple trades might be a little stinkier than others, but for the most part, just the quality of the storytelling from one to what they're up to now has been incredibly With, consistent. I'm noticing it tends to be every other trade. Like one, like one something, like every every other trade, one trade something something happens, and then the next trade is just either nice like, calm, like, it like lulls calm, you into a sense of safety, but the calm, and then Kirkman hits you with it, right? Yeah, but the calm trade. the calm volumes aren't bad. No books. We're not no, saying no, that. Yeah, I'm just it's saying still a lot of, it's it's ramifications from what just happened and build up for what's going to come, and it mm. makes. The, the shocking moments all that more shocking because you get you get all comfortable and you get all happy with these characters and you're like, you know what, maybe they can have a life. Maybe things aren't that bad. It's the end of the world, but it doesn't mean that life has to end. And then something terrible happens and somebody dies you and can't you get, get upset. You can't get attached to any character except maybe Rick, Carl, and Michonne. Now, do you think, spoilers, do you think that they would ever kill Rick? Because that have to introduce a hell of a lead to replace Rick. I don't. I don't. I don't think you can kill Rick. I think Rick's really the heart of that book. I say no. Yeah, none of the characters that are left, I think, could carry it either. But I wouldn't put anything past Kirkman because he's killed characters that I thought were going to make it out alive. And I bet you Kirkman would kill Rick. I bet he would. Do you think? Do you think Image is kind of saying maybe you ought to keep him around? No, I think being a creator on book, that guy can do whatever he wants. Yeah, I feel like Image wouldn't have if it, if this was a DC, DC or Marvel book. Maybe that that point could be made, but I think Kirkman has complete control of this. Kirkman, I think Image would like to know ahead of time what is going like, what would happen. Like they want to know what his future. I don't, know. Plan I don't is. even know care. if Image. I don't even. That goes know against Image. what Image stands yeah, for. Yeah, it's it's like a, really? okay. Yeah, they're so like they're such independent franchises than with Marvel, the the interconnectedness and the editorial staff. You know, pretty much making the decisions. This is all. So you Kirkman's honestly think deal. Image is okay with it, with Kirkman one month saying, 
Rick's dead, and then really not. I don't think Image has. I don't think Image has a fucking. Well, I know they don't have. I know they don't. But do you think they like personally them as a company are okay <coughs> with him killing? I've been doing that all day at work okay. today. Often, I'm fine. <laughs> uh, do you think they're okay with the idea of him killing Rick and leaving the entire series in question? I don't think even if they or did kill they Rick, because it's not it's not the Rick Grimes show. It's The Walking Dead. I think it could continue on without there. Him. There's a lot of strong characters. I think in that book, I I could see Carl becoming the main character in the in book. His disheveled state. Yeah, I mean that that book's gonna have to go on for a long time. That's gonna be a Carl tough sell be selling Carl comic book to be the leader. Well, Carl, he might not have to be the leader. Carl but he the could TV be the... show. I could probably see him trying to do that. Carl, cardboard actor, TV show. Okay, Dom. We that's know how we the all feel about said. child actors. No, it's not child program. actors. It's, it's bad child actors. Okay, so Carl, I think, could be the main character. You always say that, but it's child actors. No, it's not. It's Haley Joel Osment and and that's else. And that's it. That's the list. Do I have... Okay, next week, I will compile a list of good child actors so you can... Yes, I would like that. I, would, I won't do that. So, how dare you? Carl in the comic book could be the main character. He couldn't be the leader of the group, but he could still be the focus of the book. I could see different characters trying to take over as leader. Who knows? Maybe like, by yeah. issue 200. I would say that Andrew would be the leader, but Carl would be the focal point. Yeah. I could see that. Carl's happening. a really intriguing character, and honestly. He's my favorite character in the book. He no. was until they fucking shot him in the head and then kept him alive. That seems weird. You guys are looking at me like that's crazy. That's... They blew his fucking head off, but then they kept him alive. Well, they shot his eye out. They shot his eye out. You could see right in... through his head. Yeah. In that image, it and was that... pretty brutal. It looked like it went right through the back of his fucking skull. Yeah, and, the... and there was... That's a lot of medical attention that you have to have in a world that does not have electricity. I, I think we've suspended a little bit of disbelief keeping Carl alive because, yeah, I mean, half of his head's gone in that initial. And when I saw it, and when I saw that, judging from how that image looked, I was like, "Fuck, they fucking killed Carl." That's how I took it until I got the next trade. Robert Kirkman doesn't fuck around with. Killings either. I mean, he he doesn't pull any punches. If someone's gonna die, it's gonna be pretty brutal. Like and Lori it's getting permanent. Like Lori getting shot and then falling and smashing her baby that it's, she was carrying while she was. Well, running. the baby was shot at the same time as her. Like the bullets went through both of them. But then all yeah, but then also falls and crushes baby. baby. Did she get run over too? I feel like that happened too. It might have probably that. The decapitation of Tyrese, because Tyrese was a great fucking. I forgot how Tyrese dies. Governor cuts his head off. Okay. And the back of a pickup truck. And of course, everybody's favorite, Glenn, getting his fucking skull beaten with a baseball bat, and. Stumbling around and still kind of talking before he got still the trying, rest of still his looking out for Maggie. That was that was one of the most visceral reactions I've had to a comic book. Maybe the maybe the worst ever. The way um, who's the artist on it? Tony Adler. Yeah, Char- Charlie, Charlie Adler. Adler. The way he drew the big splash page 
of Glenn's caved-in skull and his eye popping out. And what's this, what's what's uh, misleading about that scene is right before um, Negan does it, he says something like, I'm going to have to... That's a lot of fucking missing head. That's a lot of missing head. Looks a little better in that in that image than I that's than a, I remember. That's a that's a solid chunk of your head that has been shot through. So before and again, I, and I don't think that they play it like that because Carl takes his eye patch off in later issues, and it doesn't look that bad. Like it, it feels like he just got his eye poked out at that point. Maybe it's healing. Your whole side of your head that's you missing. Hmm. Maybe they just packed it up a, with gauze and newspaper. Just it's made. a stretch. It's a stretch, is what I'm okay. saying. Okay. The way they play, they play the Negan scene where he bashes Glenn's brains out. He says right before he does it, he's just gonna have to mess him up to teach him a lesson, to teach them a lesson. But he doesn't. He the way the dialogue's written, he doesn't say he's gonna kill him. He just says he's gonna like mess him up. And he also skips over Glenn because he's like, ah, I don't want to be racist. He said he was gonna beat the holy fucking fuck. Out of his fucking fuck face head. Yeah, and uh, and then he does, and he he bashes him in the head, and his eye kind of pops out, Ugh, and, and Glenn's it? starting to like mumble and say something because I mean that, he says Maggie, and it's so oh it's so and, fucked up. And the reaction that Negan has, he's like, oh <laughs> shit, your eyes popping out, man. Just so hard, your eye popped like out. Like the jolly way. That that character reacts to people and massacres people and burns fuckers' faces and with the like all the joy that he has, that's what makes him disturbing. Because the governor was a sick, evil fuck, but he was he was like a mean. What evil also fuck. makes Negan disturbing this dude likes doing this shit is that and laughs about it. Is that he's charismatic and he's likable at the same time. True. True. Yeah, that Paul, like you said that that feeling that you had that when you read that one page where Glenn gets his head bashed in and his eyes popping out of his face. I've never been disturbed reading a comic book before. And I've read some fucked up shit. I've been reading for a while. Yeah, there's there's certain panels that I will... Well, if, if you ask me like what my favorite comic book panels are, just, you know, unforgettable panels, that's... Yeah, I was going to say, let's change the word from favorite because I I hate that panel because I love those characters so much. That's another thing that Kirkman does so well that that's why that is so bad is because you love Glenn. You've gone along with him. And he's he's been there since the first issue. He's 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 cheated death for so long. And in your mind, at least I felt like he would he was like an untouchable character. They'd never kill Glenn and in that issue they're making plans him and Maggie are making plans to leave the camp and leave maybe leave this life behind and maybe they'll get out and then that happens and it it really made me upset that was one of the moments where I had to close a book and text some motherfuckers about my sadness yeah and there I don't don't know if maybe um that's the most recent big death in this book that that's the one that, that that's the one I think resonated most most with me emotionally uh, it, but it, it happened was, it over was, pages too it, seemed it was to like be the most pages the most brutal t- it cut tyrese's head off it's real quick the lori thing was shocking but again it was quick i don't know if it's because it was glenn and he's been around so long you think he's gonna make it carl thing was shocking but he lived i forget how 
um, the guy with the floppy hat dies that owned the RV. Um, what's his the name The guy again? that dies super quick in the show. What's his name again? Um, um, the guy Andrew was fucking. Yeah, I, I, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Floppy I know fish Shane? No. No, not oh, Shane. Dale. 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 Dale, yeah. Dale, didn't Dale, Dale die? didn't he get killed by the, um, they were cannibals, and they took him away and they killed him? No, they saved him. I thought that they killed he him. He lost his legs he lost- from knee down, because they chopped him off and ate them. But Rick and everyone showed up and saved him at the end, but then he died afterwards, right? He did die afterwards. Fuck. <laughs> uh, Matt's showing us so the, the Glenn up. death scene. And how many, yeah, look, Look at how many pages is it? Because it is. It's dragged out over pages and pages and pages of just horrible death. Yeah, it's brutal. Brutal. So you said that Nagan is is a he's charismatic and he's likable. Do you like him? I like reading. I like reading him. I think he's entertaining. I would agree I, with that. I don't I like him because I honestly cannot trust him. I don't know. I, I he's he's such a wild card. The fact that yeah, I wouldn't want to go get a beer with him, but no, I, 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 I don't like it. I kind of want to see. I want Negan to go away. I want. I like reading him, but uh, I want him to. I want him to get killed so bad <laughs> because of that. Yeah, and I'm so invested in wanting to see how Kirkman's going to kill him. And I don't think he's going to. I think that this character is going to be combating the group for a long time. Yeah, I could see that being the case. I, I feel like Negan is the first... Negan? I was always saying calling him Negan until I, I, I heard I just go with Negan. Paul's pronunciations because he's usually spot on, but I go with Negan. I've been going Negan. Negan. Negan sounds so... So much British. more British, but maybe I'll read. I'm surprised them. that Dom re- doesn't go with Nick Nigan. I re- I'll, I'm going to read them with Grant Morrison's accent from now on. That's how we'll you do will it. never understand yourself. So I agree. Like, what the fuck I, is happening? I agree with thing? both you, Ian, and you, Paul. I can't wait for him to die because I hate him so fucking bad. He's the most vile character that has graced the pages of The Walking Dead. I'm going to be a little including the governor, uh, but. At the same time, he is really entertaining to read. There was that one bit where he was talking to, um, oh God, I can't remember his name. The, the, the son of, um, the son of the dude that used to run the, the community before Rick showed up, the guy that kind of had the hots for Andrea. What Uh, was his name? Uh, yeah, I forget his name. Yeah, him. him. So he... He went to talk to Negan and he said, hey, look, you know, I, I think um, if you kill Rick, I can kind of take over control of this community and I'll work with you and, you know, things are going to be a lot better. So Negan thought that he was such like a weaselly little fuck that he killed him for it. But before he did that, he found out that this guy had a pool table in his house. So like he kills him and then he's like... Okay, I'm going. Anybody know where this guy lives? I want to go play pool. So I don't think I read that. Yes, you did. Did I? I think I re- I've, I remember him killing that yeah, dude. I'll find it for Doesn't you. sound familiar. So it's just the it's just the fucking nonchalant way yeah. that he straight up murders people. 
and then continues on with his jolly old life as if it was nothing. Exactly. And um, and and Dom touched on it earlier, where he said he's a wild card. He does stuff that you wouldn't think. When 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 Carl is in the back of the of the truck and he kills a whole bunch of his his guys. Yeah, that's where I was going. And you would think that this Before evil this? fuck. I honestly just... figured once Carl went on that rampage, I uh, thought this is how Carl's gonna, like Megan's gonna do something to Carl. Yeah, but then he was like, "Fuck, I like this little guy. Come on, take that eye patch <laughs> off." We're going to walk around, burn some motherfuckers' faces, and fuck some ladies. Let's go. Come on, Carl. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, that's really weird. Yeah. Well, that he brings him in, and he's like, okay, I'm not going to kill you. But take that eye patch off. And he takes the eye patch off. He's like, oh, you're like, he's like that. He's like, he was amazed by that. And then he makes fun of the kid. There it is. Nope. Pizza time. Jesus. I'm hungry. Three pizza, one breadstick. Jesus. Bringing that pizza heat. So I think, well, I was going to say, I think the only reason we're talking Walking Dead tonight is because the TV show has become some weird cultural phenomenon, but there's a good chance that we'd be talking Walking Dead even if there was no TV show, since you think we're all it's pretty weird, avid fans of it. Do you think it's a weird phenomenon? I think it was actually a perfect timing kind of thing. Comic books and zombies, AMC and people it's love zombies. My TV brother loves making. zombies so much that he got a tattoo of um, the logo from the Zombie Survival Guide. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think it, it hit the the um, social conscious at the right time. People love zombies. They like comic book stuff, and uh, they're they're waiting for something like that to to. Explode. Yeah. It's moving away, so it's not blocking you. That's what I think. What do you think, Dom? Uh, yeah, I agree. Everything, yeah, everything it was a perfect storm, everything. Kirkman knows how to sell the show. Like, you get him on TV anywhere, and he just always kind of hams it up. So I think he's he's a really good salesman for the show, knowing that he also wrote it. I'm surprised that it got, like, it's... It's so popular that they have the Talking Dead after it. 
Like, it's so popular that they have... But it has its own talk show. Like afterwards. a response. Yeah. 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 A request line, almost. Has, has that ever happened before? Not that I can think of. And I'm, I'd like Don't to think of a pretty knowledgeable shows on, TV guy. Uh, Bravo have, like, a response show? They were they talking were, Real Housewives of yeah, Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would I would imagine Breaking Bad would have Talking Bad afterwards. I think they could have. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. I think they definitely could have. But I, I see. I honestly didn't hear a lot about Breaking Bad until probably three years ago. Yeah, I get. Well, the, so I, they, I think I, I, out of nowhere, it, it was just. Boom! Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad just ended. What season? What season was this? How many? Years I haven't watched ever? an episode of it. Five. I haven't either. Five. Okay, so it ended five seasons. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it was like it was it was established by the time I heard about it, and I didn't even hear about it starting off. I, yeah, it was, I probably yeah, caught it. it I probably it caught like it going a real into slow three. Burn. Yeah. The Walking Dead just came out of the gate like boom! I'm here. And they did, yeah they did Talking Dead almost immediately after episode one. Mm-hmm. It was okay. We're we're going we're going in with this show, and we are going to go in with this talk show talking about the show that you just watched that you're doing the exact same thing about. Dom, were you reading the book by the time the show came out? Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, what I remember was all the production stills that they started to trickle out leading up to the show, and you saw pictures of these zombies from the show, and you're like, oh my god, that is the best looking zombie I've ever seen. And they established that these are going to be legitimate zombies, not, you know, professional athlete zombies that I hate. fake running zombies. That's right. Have you ever seen my shirt that says no running zombies? Yeah. And it's got a a zombie that's running and it has like a um, a no uh, circle with a cross through it. Um, It's a great shirt. Solid shirt. It's a great shirt. It's not if you If you feel that way. You take your zombie running and walking very seriously. The only time that I've ever been pretty much okay with it was in Zack Snyder's remake of Dawn of the Dead. I think that that is one of the best zombie movies I've ever seen. I mean, that movie fucking starts at 100 miles an hour, and it's kind of relentless. And Phil Dunphy is incredible. He really is. It's so great to see Phil Dunphy is this incredible douchebag, which is the complete antithesis of his completely awesome character, completely lovable Phil Dunphy from Modern Family. You know, I feel like there's a lot of misplaced credit for stuff like that. Because everyone's like, oh, Brad Pitt, oh, such a great actor. Uh, But he's essentially the same guy all the time. But then you get someone like Ty Burrell, who's Phil Dunphy, and the douchebag from Dawn of the Dead. And Doc Samson. Who plays such different characters. But no one's ever like, hey man, that guy, that guy does a really good job. Don't gloss over the fact he's an Incredible Hulk. And he did a great job as Doc Samson. I like my zombies running, because that's the only time zombies are ever threatening. Oh, so you haven't seen any episodes of The Walking Dead? They're, zombies don't scare me. I'm not, I'm not worried about zombies. Well, clearly they're effective because they killed, like, half of the cast on the show. Well, the cast is doing something wrong. Hmm. I like the way that they portray the zombies in the show and the comic book. They they make them threatening in that 
you know, if you're not paying attention, they're there. They can get you in herds. They decompose them very well in the show. It's not just a white face with blood coming out of the mouth, arms up, like arms up at like parallel to the ground. Right. And they they do of... very well of making them decay and gurgling, so they do very well with a lot of And that effects. kind of post-zombie apocalypse world, shouldn't you always be paying attention? You can't. You can Constant lose, vigilance. You can lose your concentration. Well, I think after a while, it'll become such part of the norm that your senses don't get as sharp. But I think you are still constantly somewhere aware in the yeah, back. Yeah, at some point, zombie apocalypse wears off, and you're like, oh, they should be They day. should be sharper, because you get used to that. You get used to looking out for it and always being on guard. But it only becomes, takes a second. It becomes part of you. But it fr- maybe it frays your attention span. Maybe the stress and the strain of day after day just eats away at you, and you you want some relief. It only takes a second to let your guard down. It's like in football, if a if a defensive player kind of gets a little bit lax next thing you know they give up the big play because they weren't at full attention they were not on their toes and they know what and they know they're supposed to tackle the guy with the ball right and you're dealing with the people that are alive clearly can stay on that razor's edge but not everybody is going to be up to your zombie survival standards paul i heard the the statistic the other day that with as much force as it takes to bite through a carrot, you can bite through your pinky finger. But your brain will not allow it. Hmm. That's a statistic or a fact? Fact. Let's go fact. Okay. Probably. I'll yeah. agree with that because I just kind of took a nice chunk out. I, I, you I left the mark it? on my pinky. I bit down as hard as I could on my finger. That's very disturbing because I'm thinking of little little and the mocha-colored baby carrots <laughs> on the ends of my hands. Dumb. Bite Ian's pinky and see if you can will bite it Will your brain allow it? Oh, my brain will probably allow it. Oh, no. <laughs> so, back to those original like production stills that we saw from The Walking Dead. That's when I really started getting getting excited about the show because they would put those stills like in the comic book. And um, the first thing that you saw were a couple zombie pictures. And there was that one in particular, that one zombie female that was on the side of the road that had been hit by a car and she was kind of mutilated. And it was unbelievable how good she looked. Was that the girl who was cut in half? I think she might have been cut like in half. Like, just the torso who chases who's after Rick? Yeah, I think that's right. Did you ever watch any of the webisodes that they put out? No. At the end of season two going into three, I believe? No. Or was it end of one going into two? The zombie character that Rick encounters at the beginning of one, it's a, it's a woman cut in half. It's dra- the woman in the park. Dragging, like dragging her remains around. He sees her at the beginning yeah. of the episode. Yes. He sees her at the back. end. The, in, in the webisode, goes into how she got there. Okay. Re- really interesting stuff. Yeah, I think they were like six six snippets of like three or four minutes long. She mm-hmm. clearly wasn't paying attention. So, she was protecting you say all this stuff, you would be the first to get killed in the zombie apocalypse. Did, how long did it take Ty Burrell to get killed in Dawn of the Dead? Uh, he lasted till kind of the end there. That's right. You'd get killed. Pretty quickly. You have no. You, know why? you have no faith because, in me because because you're arrogant. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. I'm prepared 
Lord, sir. I, I know what I'm doing. You'd be too busy bitching at me, Dom, and Matt, and somebody would take a chunk out of your head. I'm prepared. Like a Boy Scout. Like a Weeblow. So, Ooh, then they started showing production <laughs> stills of all the characters, all the cast members, and you're like, oh my god, these characters look really good. Like, look at look at Glenn, that looks great. But then I Is saw Rick. only one step okay. above, like... <laughs> <laughs> I did that on purpose, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, it's, it's Boy Scouts, Cub Scouts, Weeblos. No, Boy Scouts, Weeblos. No, what? Cub Scouts, Weeblos, Boy Scouts. Cub Scouts, Weeblos, Boy, Boy Scouts, Scouts, Eagle Scout. Homosexual. Cub, Boy. So you're saying Weeblo. that a Weeblo, the second, the second level above Cub. Weeblo, it's Cub Scout, Boy Scout, Weeblo, Eagle Scout. Sure. So Weeblo is, you know, only after a year of Boy Scouting is very prepared, you're saying? I guess so. It's a prepared enough to handle a zombie attack. Aren't Weeblos, like, in second grade? No. No. That's still Carl. Carl. Carl's still around, and he doesn't have an eye. <laughs> Matt? Hmm? You were saying? Oh, I have no idea. I started going on my phone. <laughs> the productions, the production stills were really cool. Oh yeah, but you were excited. Oh, we're going to talk about the Walking Dead about, still. You were excited about Glenn because he really looked right. But Glenn Dale looked pretty good. By Rick. Uh, yeah, Rick was a bit disappointing. Dark hair. Um, he had the physical build. The 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 stature was the yeah. same, but the the dark curly hair was the complete opposite of the light colored super straight hair. Um, but that guy has grown on me. I like that they've kind of added in the southern accent that he should have, but I never read it that way until the show. Um, well, not everyone from the south speaks like that. Not everyone from Pittsburgh speaks like Pittsburghers. Right. I thought Shane looked show, really good. I disagree with you. I thought that, that, uh, oh, what was his name? Dale? Shane? No, Darryl I Hicks. thought that Merle looked Merle. just like how he was in the comic book. So that was okay. So, so they start the I mean, show. Exact. They start the show, and we're introduced to basically. This is what I like. Comic book is coming to life. It starts out with Rick in the hospital bed, and you know the whole sequence where he escapes the hospital, and subsequently his escape from. City of Atlanta with the help of Glenn. It's all right out of the comics. It's really awesome. And uh, then I think it was the second episode we're introduced to some additional cast members, some of which you recognize from the comics, some of which are like, who the fuck is this imposter? Like, Merle. I and feel Darryl. like it was pretty much, who the fuck are all of these people? Kind when of, When you yeah. get to the second episode. Because, like, even some of the characters that you should know, like Anne, remember Anne? She had, like, kind of a shoulder-length blonde hair. And this, she has, like, the short... Like, it may as well be a buzz cut. It's so short. And why hasn't it grown? It's been, like, three years or whatever in the context of the movie, and yet her hair is still, like, the same length. Um, it's grown a little the, bit, but I agree. Sophia's parents? Mm-hmm. The guy with the, the dark beard and his wife mm-hmm. in the book mm-hmm. weren't there? The two young daughters? The two girls that wind up... What, one of them kills the other Amy one or something? Andrea. No, not a- Andrea. There were two young girls. And whenever they're in the prison, like, one of them kills the other one in some back cell Yeah, they Yeah, yeah, the, the, the little, the baby twins. Oh, the boys. <clears throat> boys. Boys. Yeah. yeah. They're not in there. 
Um, the chick with the really short hair in the show is totally different in the book. Well, that was Anne. That's who you were referring is that who to that before. Is? Yeah. That's not, no, Carol. Carol. Yeah, Carol. Carol. Who the fuck is Anne? Did I make her up? Maybe. Yeah, did. Carol. Totally, totally different. Yeah. Um, I keep thinking of T Dog. T Dog. Yeah. Who the fuck is that? T Dog. Pointless dog. Yeah. I don't know why they. Although T Dog was a have... fan favorite up in like that well, last. He, he no, he was. He was an ironic fan favorite because yeah. he didn't yeah. really do anything. He didn't do anything, but the fans. He was just there. To him, and what, he was black. And what fit did the black? Is it the black fans liked him? No. All no, kidding we, aside, we didn't. Uh, as the official <laughs> voice of the black nation. I'd like to say we didn't support T Dog. I'd never heard that, Dom. I thought no, really? everybody I, hated oh, yeah, T Dog. It, it trended on Twitter. People ironically yeah, liked T Dog yeah. because he was such a dumb character. Because he he because he didn't do anything. Ever. Like those la- like his last couple episodes, they actually made him a relevant character, okay. and then he just he had was never relevant. No, he say in the prison he had the he had the vow he had probably had the the best death he, in the he, show. He did stuff. He he did things. I don't know if he was relevant, but they gave him something to. They actually gave him do. stuff to do. He always went out on the missions. He never actually killed anything. He never got killed. T Dog felt like a Walking Dead red shirt to me. Like he was there and like, oh, this is the, this is the mission. This is where they're killing T Dog. Yeah. Every time they went out with T Dog, I figured he was going to die because he was not relevant. He didn't have a major role. And he could be one of the ones you write off. Yeah. Now, as early as the second episode, you two were having problems with the cast and incorporating new characters. Yeah, because they established point. in the first episode, we are going to be faithful to this comic book look. And they give you what they gave you. The whole thing with the tank and everything, and he's riding the horse. Just just like the comic book. And then, boom, all of a sudden, you're introduced to these fake characters that are made up just for the show. And it's like... This is unnecessary. Because if you're book readers, like we were, and how... I mean, the book's trades deep at this point. So you're attached to these characters. You're attached to the Andrea that you know in the book, Tyrese, the characters that are there, and you're like, oh man, I can't wait to see these characters. And then you get to the show, and you're like, well, who the fuck is T-Dog? Why isn't this Tyrese? Tyrese didn't show up till a bit later. He was. Now you're splitting hairs. You know what I mean. Oh, I'm, okay. I wasn't trying to. <laughs> no, Tyree shows up early in the books. Right. But, but later than he later. He wasn't at the camp. But for what they eventually did, I don't know if they could logically make T-Dog appear or Ty- Tyrese appear with that group. But I understand what you're saying. Yeah, and and I didn't like Daryl and Merle at first. I thought that they were completely pointless. They're adding like this element of racial tension um and uh it just it was irrelevant to me and i didn't like it and um it wasn't you don't think that that wasn't a necessary component an interesting component i think in retrospect yeah it's it's okay because both of those characters grew on me immensely and i ended up liking them both very very much I mean, let's face it. Daryl is like the fucking Boba Fett of The Walking Dead. Yeah, I everybody like, I like loves Darryl him. And, and Merle. I was upset to see Merle go. Yeah, Merle really redeemed himself there. At, at the uh, can I say this? Yeah, yeah we're spoiling. Well, we're shit spoiling out. the fuck out of everything. I, I feel bad because no, I feel like I'm, I'm saying the first big spoiler for Dom. Oh uh, no, don't, who cares? Yeah, 
take credit for ruining for making that first big spoiler. I I, st- I stopped with four episodes left to go. Yeah, in the so season. I'm there with this one. Let me ask you, you this was, I, I, it, dude, right, this okay. is truly my fault of not getting caught up. Let me ask you, why did you stop? Um, I watched the first half of the season, mm-hmm. and then they take that mid-season break, and sometimes just, it can, just didn't get picked up. Yeah, can be like hard something. To get back like, does something, that bother you guys? I feel like it would bother you guys taking a mid-season break. I don't really watch TV. I don't DVR anything, so it's just if I if I catch it when it's on. Or if it's on demand and I remember to watch it when it's on demand, I'll watch it. But if not, it's really just, uh, I'll get around to it. I know it's on Netflix. I know that the week before it'll be the marathon on TV. And I knew we were doing the podcast and I can get wrapped up in what happens in an hour than having to sit and watch it through four. The mid-season break through all of TV is so fucking aggravating and unnecessary. I understand you when they do have it things for going on whenever the mid-season break happens at Fuck Christmas. It. Fuck that. You take 2 weeks off for Christmas and New Year's and then you run non-stop episodes. Don't all right shows come through. back after 3 weeks? Don't they all come back after it's, 3 weeks? It's, sta- it's staggered. Some shit's gone for a month, some shit does the will run like 10 episodes and then 3 and then 2. And then a couple more, and then we'll run things and out. And this drives you insane with It anger. drives me fucking crazy, because I'm a TV guy, and I watch a lot I of TV. Am, I do, too. And it should all be on together. You can't you find anything else to do. All the all the cable networks, the, the big networks, HBO, Showtime, they run everything all the way through. 12 weeks, every fucking day, they don't miss a fucking week. And you know easy. what you need, sir, that would solve this problem? I have it all. It doesn't matter. No, you don't. You don't have Netflix. Fuck Netflix. You're saying that, but you would love Netflix. it. You would love it. When you get on it, you'll love it. And you'll it's not going to make the episodes come out any faster. It's going to give it's you something. Gonna, it's going to give you something to fill this rate. void that you're upset about. That you're what is violently so fucking funny over there. <laughs> you're flipping out over this. He's tweaking. <laughs> it drives me fucking nuts. What do you hate the most about it? The fact that they could, they they could get their shit together and come back after two weeks, but they don't. Yeah, just fucking run the episodes. But then they would end the the season wouldn't go all the way to May. It would be they'd probably fall short. They'd have to go and film new new episodes. Oh, that's a shame. You'd have to put more fucking shit on the line. Do it. You gotta think like during like HBO with Sopranos is like it. You would get like the twelve episodes, three months, and then you wouldn't get anything <clears throat> for a year and a half. Yeah. You okay? What, what are you going to do during that year and a half? Watch other shit. Why don't you do that during those three weeks when the shows aren't on? Because it's all it's all cable stuff and everything's breaking. That's why you need Netflix. Those three weeks, go balls deep into a show. It's you know fantastic. What, you know what would be kind of cool, actually? If they did run 10 weeks straight, 12 re- weeks straight, however many episodes it is, and give you that, and then like have another show ready to ready go. Ready to go to start. Yeah, like... Ten weeks, whatever, and like then another... And HBO and Showtime, dude. Yeah, kind of like that. That might be so kind of So you would cool, prefer actually. that, having another whole new show, a fall lineup, 
in a spring line. That might You'd be easier that. for a viewer as well, because you only have to digest one show at a time, so you only have to like devote. But the networks that one would never do that because that's throwing their whole lineup into. They they have a guaranteed attraction with the shows from the fall. ABC Family kind of does it. They break well, their. They're not a real channel. They so. break their seasons into halves. But during the off half, they'll put a different show on. Well, teenagers. So there's that, something so. on. There's always something on, and it runs straight through. So you'd be okay with a mid-season break if they filled something consistent in that. Glee that you can and also Supernatural focus on. are two of the worst offenders. Supernatural is bad with that, but it gets me time to catch up with Supernatural. Second half of the I year. Let that go for second a while. half of the year. You don't know when episodes of Supernatural are going to be on. They'll run two, then they're off for two. Then they're back for one, then they're off for three. Then maybe they'll run three up to the finale. So besides a mid-season break, what other things do you hate about the Walking Dead TV show? The ugly, beat-ass bitch they got to play, Andrea. I knew you were going there. Worst part <laughs> of the show, period. No, nope. I don't nope. care how sweet her butt th- cheeks looked in that one episode when the governor put a load in her. That chick is fucking ugly. <laughs> um, she certainly isn't the youthful Andrea that I would cast. I don't think that she's quite as bad as you just totally over-exaggerated the situation. How old would you cast Andrea on the show? 23? 24? Oh, well, she is 20 years older than that, so... See, that's not a bad picture of her. Oh, okay. I don't think she's ugly, beat ass. She's, she's, she's ugly. not ugly, she's just but the, she's not the Andrea not that ugly. I thought we she's would not get. Ugly. Which is part of the problem Matt and I have with everyone but but Steve Yoon as uh, Glenn. It does change the dynamic that you don't have a young Andrea. That was part of that <clears throat> character's, of, of the core of that character. And this it does Andrea, change it. I agree. And this Andrea, it's not just the actress they picked, but it's the way, it's the way they wrote her. Like, yeah, she's this, older, I, she's kind of badass, she kind of has an edge to her, but like the Andrea in the book's so sweet and cute. I don't know. The and then name. she turned into a badass. They just got there right. way quicker. Right. Maybe it's just because it's TV. Fuck it. It worked for the fucking book. I don't know why they had to change so much. The Andrea in the book, like, never had a line of dialogue that... That wasn't cunty. Yeah. That. And in the show, every other line of dialogue, you, you just... You don't like her. She's not a likable character. Like you said, Ian, her... The core of the character was missing. And, and it goes beyond her age discrepancy and... Uh, her being sweet, I mean, her relationship with Dale was up until probably issue 70 or so was the main focal point of that character. I mean, that th- those two characters were like a couple. Do you guys feel that? See, I don't think of Andrea sweet in the book. Uh, she she, she, she really started off. Yeah, she's that definitely. Shit, that shit ended a long ass she's, time ago. She's very nice. And likable. I don't think uh, she's likable, but I don't think she's nice anymore. She's like their fucking sniper. You can be. She's a, sniper a nice sniper. And be nice. Dom. Uh, she. She's definitely got a harder edge, but she did start off very sweet. 
they got to the prison and she became she stepped her game up in the prison when it came time for her to be a badass and she just kind of took the position she was like okay this is what this is what I'm going to do she had the gift of accuracy when she learned how to do it and she's still she's nice but she's got a hard edge to her she's likable she's likable she's very likable it took, I it, like her. I just don't think she's a nice, sweet little girl. She's, she maybe went from very likable to totally awesome. She is awesome. Yeah. She's almost like Daryl, if you think about it, like in terms of like just being kind of like... She's the Boba Fett of the book? Yeah. Well, no. There isn't a Boba Fett of the book. There certainly is on the show, and it's Daryl. And Daryl's the one character from the show that I would be really happy with if they crossed over and brought him in. I don't know how you could do it as far into the the book as we are, but I would still be really down with it if they decided to do that. I think fans of the book would have a problem with that. I'm not saying I would. I think fans would be upset with that. It I find like that a purely cash cow move. It would really have to depend on how they... Uh, represented him in the book. I don't think it would matter. I think people would have Why a do you think people would have a problem with that? I think that... I think it would be seen as, oh, you're selling out. Now you're bringing this stupid TV show that we don't like aspects of. You're putting it in, in the book so that, you know, these new fans will come and read it. I feel like I'm the outspoken minority here. Usually I'm on the other side. But in this case, I feel like most fans of the comic book are equally fans of the show. Right. It doesn't feel like that with what you guys are telling us about the show. I'm saying that I'm in the minority, in my opinion. I don't feel like most fans share that view. I wouldn't be a fan if you were to come into the books. Interesting. I would be. I'd be cool with it. Paul? Well, I don't want him in the books. I like him just the way he is. Like if, if you're gonna, if you're really gonna have it's weird that we're agreeing this kind this. of deviate, if you're gonna really deviate from the source material on the TV show, and you're gonna not have characters in the book on the like main characters in the book, not in the TV show, if you're gonna create a character for the TV show, don't cross them over into the book. I think they would feel. I'm okay. That yeah, I'm fine with that. That's where I'm going. That the that. The wrong material is influencing the wrong, you know, the source material of the book is no longer really influencing the show as, as far as they've strayed away from the plot of the books. And now you're bringing in somebody from the TV show. I, I think it would be seen as going in the wrong direction with the books. You, you could bring him in at this point. You essentially have him be part of the guy with the tiger's camp or whatever. And just say he's been doing all this stuff that he's done on the show this whole time. He's just been doing it with this other group of people. You could do it. I'm just saying fans would have a bad reaction. I, I don't initially think, until it's awesome, and then nerds would. I don't out. think it would translate as well because it's not. You'd have to write him like Norman Reedus. I think Norman Reedus brings what, what, a lot what? to that character that people like. And without the actual actor portraying him, I don't think it would translate as well. With him being in the show as long as he did with that initial first wave of people and then coming through, losing his brother, going on a mission to find his brother, getting sidetracked to the point where he's no longer looking for his brother. He has the weird halluc the hallucination. Why aren't you looking after me? He finally re meets up with his brother. 
and then shows loyalty to the group that he's with, how are you going to interpret that in the books? What What is going to change his loyalty from the group that he's with in the book to join Rick? Unless, really, they slaughter the camp, but leave this one character Rick's alive. Group and Rick's group and... Ezekiel. Ezekiel's group. All get ambushed. Most of Ezekiel's group gets wiped out. Daryl and some other Ezekiel survivors just hook up with Rick's group, and there you go. Okay, so it's got to be along the lines of he's one of the last survivors of that group. Of yeah, I don't think you're right. Like or he, he doesn't even have to be allegiance. part of a group. He could, they could just find this drifter guy. That yeah, they could write been... it, and there's a myriad of ways that they could fucking do this. Nice word. That's myriad. Oh, I thought ways. What? Ways. <laughs> That's what I was referring to. <laughs> there's a shitload of ways that they could do it, man. So... I'm surprised that you feel as strongly as you do that the majority of the people would have an issue with it because, like, I feel like a lot of the times the movies influence the comic books. So, like, going to the X-Men when they changed all the costumes to, like, black leather, everybody was fine with it. A lot of people liked it. The new X-Men, right? The Grant Morrison stuff. It's good stuff. Um, I think after after the Tim... Wouldn't you say that after the Tim Burton Batman, they really made him a lot darker in his appearance? They like made his blues even like a darker gray, and they didn't just... he wear like all black uniform for a couple of years? Yeah, he did. Yeah, at one point, looked like shit in the comics. That was when Kelly Jones was drawing it. Yeah, I didn't like it in the comics. Yeah, that was in the late nineties. So they did things like that. I, I remember. After the first Spider-Man movie, they decided they were going to have Peter Parker actually shoot the webs out. And I don't know how many people had issues with that or if if it was a big deal. I remember I thought it was okay. I think everyone – I felt like it was everyone but me and Ian. So this is the kind of thing that the – the media, the TV shows, the movies influence the comic books – and not vice versa, and it seems like it's okay. So, I'd be down. Bring a great character from the show into the book that's already great. Why not? What other characters? No, go ahead, Paul. What do you want to say? Uh, I was just going to reiterate that it depends It depends if Robert Kirkman can uh, bring him over like Norman Reedus and not a totally different character. Because the way Kirkman seems to go with TV show stuff, comic stuff, he'd bring Daryl in, and it would be a totally different character because he can't keep things. He can't keep keep things uniform from one medium to the other. Well, it's really difficult now because the show has gone completely off the rails from where, you know, from where it started, which was right there parallel with the comic book, and then it slowly started to drift and drift, and like it's hitting all the key points. You know, like they went to the farm. Yeah. They, they met um, Herschel. Then they go to the prison. But certain characters are missing along the way. Certain, I feel like, kind of other key points, maybe somewhat more minor to like their new settings, like the surroundings, like the farm and the prison. Like, for example, when they're in the prison in the comic books, Andrea gets her mouth cut. By the guy, the serial killer, who at the time we thought was just like a tax evasion guy and he was in prison. And then it was revealed, this guy's a fucking serial killer. And that was a really awesome scene in the book. And that was completely 
like ignored for the for the show. And it and, makes her look as distinctive throughout the comics as yeah, well. It changes her appearance, which is a is a common thing through the comic book, changing the appearance of characters. Rick getting his arm cut off. How monumental is that in the in the um in the comic book, it's it's like the characters you can see them devolving and pieces of them falling off, exactly and getting a harder edge on them, and they're not really doing that. Like they made Rick a little crazy in the show, real crazy, unbearable yeah. crazy. He was crazy for a lot longer in the comics than he was in the show. He he was he was. I agree with that. He was crazy for uh, an entire trade, six months. Oh, way more than that. He. He was now, still he was, talking was, on the phone up until, like, five or ten issues ago. Yeah. We've argued about this before. I haven't read those books in but a then, long time, so you guys, may said, be, you guys may be totally right, but... Then he said, save it for the Walking Dead podcast, and here we are. But I don't think he... I don't think he was as... Played up as being that crazy in the book as he was in the show. Like, in the show, they make it like he is... Off his fucking rocker. Yeah. Yeah. On the show, I'll give you that. he is at a 10 crazy, but for a short amount of time. In the book, he's maybe like a 7. Uh, yeah, in the book, it, it might be time. longer, but it's like, like he, this guy's going through some shit. He's like, crazy. He hasn't lost his mind. He's talking on the phone for their, for their entire encampment, wherever they're at, after the prison. Wherever they go after the prison, he's on that phone that entire time. At the end of the day, uh... Talk, try, talk, try, trying to find whoever's on, whoever's on, talking over on the other end there. And in the show, he's it's it's one it's two weeks of this magical town that has survivors. And if he doesn't pick up the phone at this time, and then it goes away, he's crazier in the book for longer. But he goes off his rocker on the show. I'll tell you one thing that I really that I don't like about the show is the fact that I was cheering whenever Lori died. I was happy because that character was such a fucking bitch. Oh! I hated her. And I was glad to see her die. I wanted to be Carl and put that bullet through her bitch mouth. Wow. I was glad that she died. I don't like about... I was glad that she died. Um, And because I didn't like her in the show, I'm glad she didn't get the same death that she had. In the book. That was almost like a hero's death in the book. I yeah. loved Sarah Wayne Callies in Prison Break. And when I saw she was going to be cast as Lori, I was like, yeah, I love this chick, let's do this. And then they we get to the show, and she's real thin and emaciated. Pelican neck. A fucking <laughs> bitch. See, I don't, I don't, I think that her look was fine. Mm-hmm. Her look was fine. She needed some juice. She's, she's in the zombie apocalypse, it, you monster. I didn't stop Dale from having juice, did it? No, it didn't. She was really unlikable in the show. As was Dale. Yeah. Dale was unlikable. Yeah. Dale was Dale going was totally agreed. He, he was spot on. He, he looked, looked pretty good. Identical to what he needed to look like. like. Shut the fuck up, Dale, old yeah. man. Mind your fucking business. All Dale on the show These did two. was fucking Fuck bitch. you. <laughs> All Dale on the show did was bitch. He just bitched and complained. And, and he, he, was and he put his nose in other like... people's shit constantly. <laughs> you know what? Shane's stealing some guns. Back the fuck off. That's not your business. 
What do you oh, think of damn. Shane lasting longer in the show than he did in the book? Hate it. I was a big fan of it. I was a big fan of it. I was a fan of it. Hey, Shane, Shane should still be the lead character of The Walking Dead. He was the most likable for the first two seasons. You guys, are out he of was. Your fucking he totally minds. was. Up until he started to lose his shit at the farmhouse, he was. Up until the shaving his head scene, where it was, which is the clear sign of, of you're going, uh, you're losing of your mind. mania. Yeah. So if one of us comes into the next podcast with Shit, our head shaved, like, we gotta get some help. No, I, th- I think the bathroom has to be foggy, <laughs> and you have to put your hands on the sink. And no, I think you put it on the mirror. Head. You put your hands on the sides of the mirror. Like, mirror. I bet that dude fucked my wife. Yeah. So yeah, up until then, I I very much liked Shane because I thought Shane was getting the raw end of the deal. She's pretty, but no, not like on Prison Break. She would type. Slamming on prison. Ian break. is holding up pictures of uh, Sarah Lori. Wayne Callies. Yeah. Trying to find some of this reported juice. <laughs> get so there are juice. rumors of juice. So here, here is my. She problem. has all kinds of juice. Here is my problem oh, in general God. with um, with Shane and the way that they handled his demise. I think the show, which it kind of tends to do pussied out with Shane's death and they didn't have Carl kill him. They almost kind of tried to throw you a bone and have Carl, have Carl kill him. kill the reanimation. Yeah. yeah. But it, it sh- doesn't have the same effect. Right. And, and the whole sequence when Shane bites it was so drawn out. It was so melodramatic and, and it happened way more naturally in the comic book. It was it was more of like a heat of the moment kind of thing. It was so much less calculated. It just played out naturally. In the show, his his weird plan to to fake the death of this or the escape of this other character and he pretends that he got injured and it felt like it fit with how Shane was going fucking nuts. In that character Shane was going crazy. I thought it fit with what he was doing. Oh, that shit went on for way too Like, long. I was okay with Shane okay. and Rick going head-to-head, and at some point, like, Shane could have attacked Rick, and then Carl shoots and kills. I would have been, been okay with Carl killing Shane, but the, it didn't have to go that the way. The real flaw of the show for me is that I was pulling for Shane, and I was like, I hope Kirkman's got something up his sleeve, and they kill <laughs> yeah. Rick Grimes. That will be great. I know. How fucked up is that, though? I know. We are we are clearly supposed to be in Rick's camp, but Rick was Rick. I think Rick was written not that well enough that I I just didn't give a shit. I was all all Shane, Team Shane, Shane Nation. I couldn't handle Shane anymore. I lost him like halfway through that season. Like I think at the shaving of the head, I was like, like he was okay when he tripped up. What's his name from the in the escape? Survival of the fittest. Red red shirt. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. When he when he killed the Otis. fortress guy, I was okay with it. Otis. Yeah. You're bound to die with a name like Otis. You can't survive the zombie apocalypse, Otis. Either that, or you're gonna go to jail with Lex Luthor. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? Otis. No, the other guy. Who? Professor X. Oh. 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 Yeah. yeah, yeah. When he Bald stands, head, right? When he stands up. When he stands. What else do we hate about the show? So, Ian, in general, why don't we why don't we try to be positive for a minute? In general, you are a fan of the show, correct? Yes, I am. What do you like about the show? 
I like the zombies. Now, I I I think it's good. It it's got a, it's it's a different take on the source material that we know and love. I think that it's well acted. I think that the effects are good. The kid that plays Carl is pretty. pretty I don't good have the same negative feeling about child actors as you do. Okay, he's not great. He's, he's not the. He's not my Carl, but he's he's okay. He's he's all right. Mm. That's he, it. He's 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 okay. I mean, I mean ask me. Tell look, me. Look at the performance. You're very wrong. He's terrible. He he's so bad it makes me mad. Okay. His okay. he's he is such an important character in the comics. Not that that matters because we just willy nilly care. Yeah, this kill. isn't the comics. This is the TV. <clears throat> but he's still a very relevant character in the show, and and to have a character portray this this important character in the show so badly, so woodenly. I don't think so, it's outrageously <clears throat> bad like you're making it. really you're is. You're No, I'm not. I think you're overreacting. I don't think it's that bad. I don't think it's great, but you're overreacting. I think there were worse performances in the Star Wars prequels that you think are okay than mm-hmm. Carl's performance. Jar Jar Binks on his best day acts better than than Carl on the show. I never slammed the work of Ahmed Best. That, that's horrible. Jake Lloyd. You can take his his worst... Better yippee. child actor. Carl, hands down. Jake Lloyd. You're nuts. That's, that's the third most ridiculous thing I've ever heard you say. I also think that it's The Walking the, it's Dead is... I think it's well-written. percent too. most true thing I've ever said. I think it's a well-written show. Do you guys disagree with that? Yes, I, I agree with it. I agree with it's a well-written show. Okay. okay. Paul, why don't you answer first? Um, I don't know. I think it. I think it has its moments. I don't think it's uh, straight through. It's not the comic. The comic. Every every book of the comic you get, it's good stuff. But I think there's some real hit or miss episodes. Do you think that the fan, as popular as this show is, and the fan reaction? Is is overrated for how good the show is? No, because the general public likes a lot of bad stuff. <laughs> I agree with Paul in that it is kind of hit or miss. Sometimes it's really awesome, other times it's kind of bad. And I think when it gets bad are the episodes where... There is an awful lot of talking, and it feels like the pacing slows to a crawl, which is the complete antithesis of the way that the pacing is done in the comic, which is always fast-paced. No, it's not. We just got done talking about how entire trades are slow-paced. No, in terms of, like, the things happen at a, at a steady clip. Like, you read through an issue, like, really fast. That's what I mean. You can burn through a trade in a half hour. Like, like, that's what nothing. I mean as far as the I, I still don't think it's plotting. I, th- I think that it still goes along at the same clip. There may not be zombies and explosions like you guys need in every episode. Well, when was that indicated that I need a, a zombie or an I'm, explosion? I'm, I'm putting that on you. I'm saying that that's what you need. Well, that's incorrect. Okay. It's But it's I, I still... That fucking second season, holy fuck... Stop arguing and go do something. It's well, just, just standing around the kitchen. That, because they're what? having the same arguments all the time. Not enough zombies. Not enough explosions. No, no, no. It's, 
It doesn't You're being matter. Difficult. You know, you I don't know about Matt, but you know I don't need all zombies and all explosions. That's why I'm so shocked Fuck that... Yeah, I don't need that. That's why I'm so shocked that you have that opinion about it. Because you like dialogue. You like exploring the characters. I do, but it was... it was World building? Character building? Character it was too building. much, too much exploring. How much dialogue and character building is done in the comics, would you say? I think that they explore the characters and build the characters well. And part I think of the a reason, lot of that happens. I agree. And part of the reason it seems so slow is that I don't like any of the characters. So I don't fucking give a shit. And then I'm stuck having fucking crank-ass Dale and someone else just fucking argue. And I'm like, someone kill both of these characters. When are these characters going to die? I sat here and watched that final episode of last season by myself. And when they killed Andrea, slow clap to an empty room because I was fucking amped. So the upcoming season, it's coming out October 14th. Is that right? Sounds right. Could, could be. Could be. Could be. <laughs> could be. Are we excited about it? Are we... Not do, do are we going to skip The Walking Dead completely? I just can't get over that you seriously think the pacing in the show is the same as the pacing in the comic book. I love when you get hung up on things. We try to move on. I can't move on from something so incorrect. October thirteenth. October thirteenth. That's how I feel. The comic is quick paced. The comic moves. It is quick paced. But the you show, think the show's quick paced? The show does I, not. I think that the episodes that are dialogue-heavy aren't weighed down as much as you guys are making them sound. I don't think they could be weighed down more than they are. That's your opinion. And they're they're well weighed down. down to the point where they don't even move. It's to a That's point where the well, only... It's a so- show about zombies. It's very slow. <laughs> it's to a point where the... My, <laughs> I thought you didn't like them to run. My lasting memory of season two is Rick and Lori talking on the fence. Because that's all that fucking happened. That's the only thing I remember from that fucking season. Okay, so you have a bad memory. Are those idiots out talking in the fucking farm? You know what the coolest part of that season was, though? Season two? When Rick and I think Glenn go into that town and they're in that bar trying to get supplies or something. Maybe it was Herschel who was with them. Maybe it was the three of them. I can't remember. Wasn't Glenn there? I think. I don't remember, but I know Rick was there. Because what Rick fucking does in this moment when those dudes show up and you know that that was one of the most tense as a matter of fact I would say that was the most tense moment of the show through the first three seasons it was a good gauge of Rick's character he was a lawman at some point they don't seem to really use a lot of those skills that he had in the real world but that was a great moment where he was sizing those guys up that were clearly there to do some bad shit yeah I didn't like that scene and as a viewer... But they're you, shooting and everything. And as a viewer, you knew that these guys were not... You know, they were talking as if maybe they might be okay, but you just had this feeling. They did a good job of making you feel that way without telling you, hey, you guys better watch out for these two characters because they're full of shit. And that went on for a while, and you're getting more and more tense as it goes, and then... Finally, Rick takes action, and because that's what I love. Bang, bang, shoot him up. I'm glad you're The party that. never ends. <laughs> Matt, the party to sell, ladies and gentlemen. And, uh, and Rick takes Two care of those. Two guns to sell. 
Rick takes care of those guys like like on the quick draw. I thought that was really cool, and it was very good. Like you said, a progression of the character into kind of that darker. Like it was kind of a turning point a bit for that character because I think those were the first people that he kind of had to kill in cold blood. I could be wrong on that, but I want to say that that's See, the case. I think that I think it was too fast. That's what I didn't too like. Too fast. Too slow. Too fast. <laughs> yes. I feel How like how can we ever get this right for you I guys? I feel like if this take if that scene took place in the current comic, update issue 100. No no question that's what Rick does. But I feel like that early in the show, Rick is still feeling himself out. He's How many still seasons of the learning show do you to think be they're going to have. A million. Okay. A million? Um, that's fair. A million seasons. There's there's time there's time enough at that point in the well, show. Tears had a million. To not have to rush that. But I feel like it was too he he's still learning that this is a new world, there are new rules, sometimes I'm going to have to do this shit. They would be dead if he felt that way. And then you would have no show. Well, they wouldn't have. They would have just written it differently. Because it didn't really happen. It's a TV show. They could have wrote, the characters it, they be, wrote it differently. The characters would be dead, not the real actors. I'm not getting that confused. I understand that, they could have They could have wrote that differently. They could have not put them in that situation. But that was a great force, situation. To force Rick to do something, he shouldn't be raised. That was a great situation to put them in, to move the character along. Why was he not ready to do that? Because he goes from just getting out of the hospital, uh, still trying to find his family, still getting used to this. This scene this that new we're talking world. about was he in was, season two, right? Yeah, he was on the farm at this point. They'd and been then through it was some a shit. long fucking time from the hospital, dude. For me, it contradicted Rick being the good guy, where he's just like, "I'm just gonna kill these dudes." He was like, "I'm gonna protect my friends." Yeah, yeah but there was, was there was no real there. Th- he just boom! It was all of a sudden. There was he didn't seem to have a problem with it. You there know. was a lot of shit. He was that totally in between. That you as and, you and, knew and that he out of the hospital. You knew he was being. That he could see the world was that totally moment. different at that point. The, the character Rick had to do something in that moment. I'm not. Yeah, I know he did in that moment. The writers shouldn't have put him in that situation so early. Okay. I don't think it would. Would this season, would season four be a good time for that moment to happen? Would that be okay? Yeah, I think I'd be okay with it. Now that he's crazy, he can't do any of that. Because now he's been through all that bullshit with the governor. He's been through a lot of, he was through a lot of stuff at that point. You know what, that's a good segue, the governor. Let's talk about the TV show version of the governor. Dom. Absolutely unrecognizable. No. Dom, Dom's not getting a chance to talk here. Dom, wouldn't you think? Uh, Tell us I about believe the Paul said it best when he said completely unrecognizable. Because he didn't have a mustache? Or totally. Long hair. Mustache, long hair. Didn't even recognize. I no, the governor was he, like Hispanic. Yeah. Yeah. Senior yeah, governor. El Governor. Like Eddie, Eddie, <laughs> what was the wrestler's name? Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero. Kind of looks like him a little bit. Uh, it's not... this. I like this governor in the show because he's calm, collected, but it's not the governor that I would think. Like when you find it, when you hear that Woodbury's gonna, they're they're all they're going to Woodbury. You're gonna see the governor. Shit's gonna happen, and then you see this governor, and it's just this real quiet guy. I was like, wait a second, is this a still shot from Doctor Who or something? It's not a still shot from Doctor Who. 
Who is this British dude? Uh, it, no, I don't. I do not like this governor at all. Ian. I agree. Paul. No, I don't like him either. What I, are you mad? I, I think he's okay. Yeah? <laughs> no, you don't. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's as bad as me wearing an anti-Batfleck shirt. That's true. Uh, I don't know why. It seemed like weird casting to it's me. It's not only that, but he—he's nothing at all like the character from the book. I agree. He—he uh, he is shades of gray in the show, whereas in the comics, why can't he just be a villain? Black and white, boom, have a bad guy, have him be bad. In the, yeah, in the show it was, I protect you guys. You're in, in, the, in the books, I protect you guys. You guys, you guys are safe. Like, I'm, I'm in control of all this. In the TV show, it's very, it's still his rules, but he kind of has his, uh, he has the one guy who does his, like, security or recon. He's got a lot more people working for him on the show. Mm-hmm. And it's not, you're not really in that much of control. And why do we not see the attack on the prison, which was quite possibly the event of the comic book series? 114 issues in, the attack from issue number 50, I think it was, on that prison was the biggest thing that has happened in the, in the comic series to, to date. And it's it, it doesn't happen in the show. It They're still there in the prison. They're still hanging out like, oh, we're safe. Like, th- there's kind of this half-assed attack on the prison, but there's no tank rolling through the Didn't fucking they come fences. Then they come yeah. by twice. Yeah, they did. Yeah. But, I mean, whatever. If they just want to do it one time but to if streamline you wanna, it. If you want to call the sniper attack the first attack, and then whatever happened here is the second yeah. attack. Yeah, when, this one when I saw that the prison was going to be the main focal point of this season. That's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, fucking season finale yeah. is going to be awesome. They I'm roll excited. through the... They they make the, the prison, like, inhabitable because they roll through the fence with the tank. I, was it the first attack that they killed Tyrese? They took him prisoner and then they chopped yeah. his head off yeah. at that yeah, time? Yeah, he dies in the first attack and, and then they, got, they, they, they regain themselves. Right, and instead they introduced Tyrese right when they should be killing him in the show because and part of that's because they fucking kept dumbass Shane around for a season too long that should have been Tyrese or maybe they could have cut Shane's head off or maybe they could have just used Tyrese from the beginning and not even used T-Dog yeah they could have had I think they could have had Tyrese with the camp in in the beginning and it would have that effect and then you cut his head off there was such in the comic book such a great relationship between Rick and Tyrese. I mean, the, these two characters, unlike Shane and Rick, How were, were we, more like... We can still have that. Mm, it won't be the same at this point. Not it this won't point. be the same. Because in the comic book, you, you had these two characters, these two alpha males that were clearly working together and that they were like... I felt like... But they're buddies. It's not like they're working together. Like They were friends. Yeah, they were friends. And there was a great relationship... And with Shane and Rick, even in the comic, you always felt that tension, obviously, because the Lori's They were good buddies. They had tension, so you... That bitch. But, and then... So if you kill Shane off in episode one, if you kill Shane off early, you bring Tyrese in. Yeah. They they kept Shane in longer, so you you bring in Tyrese later. Right. So... Which is what they did, but 
Tyrese is supposed to die at the prison uh, fight, which happened, and he was introduced like three episodes before that. So you can't really do it. Plus, there's that whole moment where Tyrese beats the fuck out of out of Rick, um, and Rick I think just kind of like lets it happen if I, if I remember correctly. Um, I don't remember exactly what they fought about. I don't remember that. But remember but like I remember about. reading, you don't necessarily hate either one of them for it. It was like kind of you understand it from both sides. Whereas with Shane, you're like fuck this asshole. Except for you, Ian. No, I think that Shane got a raw deal, man. He That's deserved all. it. Carl Carl did the right thing by, by plugging that bitch. By the way, another you mean Lori, right? Another, oh. another way that um, that the show I think kind of wimped out was with again the death of Lori during the prison break. That baby and Lori, Judy and, and Lori, should have died the same way that they did in the in the comics. But instead, they again drag it out with this whole laborious process they have the kid be born you know little badass or whatever its fucking name is and then they have um the kid live and the kid's gonna live on because they are not gonna kill an infant on tv do you think and they totally should do you think the bulk of um do you think if there was no comic you never read the book and you just watched the show that you would be as into it as most of america is who hasn't read the book yeah I think so. So you're looking at the show through, like, shit-colored glasses? Yeah, I I would compare it to... This, you're going to hate this, but Harry Potter. Who's going to hate this? Oh, oh me. Oh, yeah, me. I'm sorry. This is not television. <laughs> yeah, I thought this was TV for a second. <laughs> they, were, they would have known who I was talking about as soon as I said Harry Potter. All right, so... For me personally, I read two of the Harry Potter books. This the fourth one and the fifth one. And then saw the movies. Dealer's choice, reading books. Not going to start at one. And then saw the movies. All the other movies I saw before I read... Actually, yeah, before I read the books. Because I read the sixth book um, after I saw the movie. And I enjoyed all the movies better without having read the book prior to it. Same thing with The Walking Dead. You have this like preconceived idea. It's it's a clear defined picture, and when things don't align the way you already have it set in your head, at least for me, there's inevitable disappointment. I agree. I disagree. Yeah. Of course we do. Well, you wouldn't be in. Well, he disagrees no, completely right. over because you mentioned Harry Potter. Yeah. Wherever you were saying, he was out. Yeah, I blanked that. What were we talking so about? So, with Harry Potter, I disagree. So, I disagree. Let's, let's hit one more Walking Dead note before we wrap up for the night. Does The Walking Dead need a spinoff in 2015? What's well, a spinoff? It will, it, whether it needs it or not, it's getting it. Brand new spinoff television series with whole new cast, whole new people, same world. Kirkman was like, I'm tired of these nerds nitpicking me, not sticking with the story in the comic books. Right, my new own shit for TV. Do you think that's necessary? Do you think in two years, Walking Dead's still going to be at this height of power that it can have a spinoff? I think think it'll still be side of power. It depends on how these next two seasons play out in the show. Clearly. But based off of the way how the show's gone, yes. 
I don't see. I see it's, it's getting. I see it popular. big enough to worthy a spinoff, but do I think it deserves one? Do I need to see what Group B is going through in the same world? You already have Group B. It's called the TV show. Okay, well then, do I need Group C? No. If I've seen what Rick does in this show, and I've seen what Rick does in in this book, do I need to see what Steve does in this out in California? Do you no, need any of it, or are you interested that it might be cool that Kirkman might give you another story that might be interesting and different in that same world that we all love? Do you need it? No. But is it going to be interesting? Sure. You all watch it. I, if it's gonna, if it's sound, if it's gonna be the exact same show, why not just put all your time and effort maybe into this? Maybe it's thing? not gonna be the exact same show. Maybe it's, it's gonna it's, do a lot of drastically different things. We like the, from the zombie perspective. Okay, <laughs> I'm in. We don't know. Couple things. I think I, it's weird to sit there and say that. No, I'm out. I knew nothing of this. This is the first I'm hearing of it. Can I honestly say that when you said that Andrea dies, that was the first I've heard of that. I, I actually, that was the one spoiler that I didn't know. Really? Yeah. Huh. Well, spoiled. Sorry. No, doesn't bother, it's totally me for not getting caught up on it. I thought, okay, hey, look, she died. Fair enough, I don't care. Uh, but, um. I, so I didn't know about this. Okay, so right. I'm kind of taking it in, and the first thing that I'm thinking about is, a uh, video game company called Telltale Games made a Walking Dead video game about a year ago. I remember that. And uh, it was incredibly well received. I did not play it, but it was like winning game of the year and shit like that. Like, it was really, really popular. And it's come out, like, on fucking everything. Like, Xbox, PlayStation, iPad, PC. And, um... Not available for Droid. And they oh. said that... that you get so invested in this story and the characters, unlike any video game before it. So, And it's set in the same world as The Walking Dead, but it has none of the same characters that we already know. So based you cross on that, paths with them, I think, though. Do you? I think you cross paths with That's them. pretty cool. So, but like, I think still, you go into said town and you see Glenn on a road right, or something like but, that. But given the critical acclaim of this thing, based on the characterization and the strength of the story, clearly... There, this could be a formula for success. So I'm thinking, my instincts tell me unnecessary. I don't need this, but I'll at least be interested enough to check it out. I didn't say I wasn't going. Like I'm going to watch the and, show, right? And not only that, but like I was inferring earlier, as I was inferring earlier, there is no precedent. There's no book to base this off of. So if you're coming in blind for somebody like me, I'll probably enjoy it more than the show proper. I feel the same way Matt does. So we all agree. That's a, a Storinko handshake. A McSauce. If you don't have the button, you can't do it. You can't do it. No, you you let up. This is exactly what happened. You let up and he was still squeezing. <laughs> you were trying to get away and he yeah. wouldn't let your hand go. And then, so I went limp with, <laughs> with my hand. And on that note. <laughs> I went limp with my hand and he's still doing it. So then I started to, your penis. So so then I started to tighten up again, but not enough. So like you, it was do, there, do it to me. So I'm I'm, I'm gonna keep my grip okay. going, okay? Okay, so <laughs> great good radio. Great radio. Great radio. Watching Folks, what that basically was is a really fucked up handshake. Any of you who would like to have your hand shaked in that fashion, ask Matt. Is it shaked or shook? 
Shook. 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 Shooken. 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 Shanked. The... Yeah, if you want to be shanked by Matt, we're clearly done here. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. Matt Cassell. And Dominic Yossi. Thank you for listening. Thank you.